0: started learning about this Institute of heart math where they had researched ways to work with the heart to bring the heart into a state of coherence. And this is where you touch the magic of your heart and soul. It's really amazing. Uh, So they have, this is like a think tank of people with all different backgrounds and a lot of really amazing backgrounds in meditation, like Transcendental Meditation, and they came together and how to find ways, how can we take people into their heart? I think that was the question that they solved because that is what they solved. And what they do is they teach a process that takes you into coherence. And if you think of coherence, the symphony is a great example because when you listen to them when they're trying to tune up, that's incoherence. And then when they're playing this beautiful melody together and every person is playing their part and adding their beautiful note that works with all the other notes, that's coherence. And that's what we need to have with our body, heart, mind, consciousness, and mental focus. When we can go into that state, we reach a coherence that makes a visceral change in our body. And our heart is incredibly powerful. It literally has an electromagnetic field that is 5,000 times larger than the one of our brain. Our heart has intelligence, it's multidimensional, and it's intuitive, and it's amazing. (laughs)
1: Namaste, sweet souls. My name is Shilpa and you're listening to the Omni Mindfulness Podcast. I am a mindset and meditation coach for professional women and mompreneurs. The purpose of this show is to offer stories and content that allows you to increase your awareness of your authentic self and be inspired by connecting to the personal and professional stories of other souls. Souls who are walking the walk and living everyday human experiences with inspired intentions. These are the stories that will expand your consciousness and spark within you to ask, What if? Each season, I offer content to help you create a holistic lifestyle that embodies spirituality, mindfulness, mindset, and energy awareness. Through my conversations with experts in their niche area and solo casts from yours truly, my intention is to help you holistically revitalize, reset, and relax your body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host and founder of Omni Mindfulness. So ask yourself, what if just one story could be the catalyst to shift the trajectory of my life? What if I become instrumental in serving other souls to realize their true self? And what if my soul's higher purpose is in the realization of Omni-Mindfulness Joy? It's never too late to rewrite your story. And now, today's episode. Welcome back, sweet souls. This is your host, Shilpa. I wanted to share some exciting news about a little challenge I'm running as I'm trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the conversations that inspire those who value personal growth. And the best way to do that is to leave reviews. You can leave a review on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. So my request to you is to leave a review if you feel that you've received any value at all from these episodes of Omni Mindfulness. It would mean so much to me if you could write a little review regarding any episode that resonated with you. Please take a screenshot of that review and email it to me at omnimindfulness@gmail.com. In return, I will offer you my one-page guide to spark your meditation practice through Sankalpa. Sankalpa is a Sanskrit word for intention setting. Along with this, you'll receive a link to my guided meditation that will guide you through an intention setting meditation, positive affirmations, which you can practice daily. I guarantee that this gift will help you start a daily intention setting practice with a spark. It is my gift for you for being a listener, being a supporter, and of course, to enable you to manifest the best meditation practice. We are now in the season of reflections, which is my fourth podcast season. Highlighting spirituality. Mindfulness, Energy Awareness, and Mindset. Up next, Sally Page. Sally is a speaker, medical intuitive, life coach, and international best-selling author. Once a NASA engineer on the NASA SETI project, Sally spent years searching for communication signals from intelligent life in space. She blends the best of science, technology, and intuitive wisdom. Sally is known for healing the distortions between body, heart, and soul. Surviving two near-death experiences inspired her to research ways to recover far beyond the expectations of Western medicine. Since 2003, Sally has helped over 35,000, not 100, 35,000 souls heal through techniques that are gentle, graceful, and profoundly restorative. And now, here is Sally. Allie, it's so nice to have you here today.
0: Shilta, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your podcast.
1: Well, I'm excited to discuss a topic that you and I are so passionate about, which is mindfulness. Your background is fascinating. Perhaps you can share your journey of how you arrived in the healing space.
0: Well, it was not by design. It was life took me on a journey that I did not expect to have. I have a background in engineering and physics. I was, I've, I've worked multiple engineering jobs and I thought that would be my life. And it wasn't. When I was working at NASA on the SETI project, I found myself getting sick. And I went to the doctors and the doctors are like, oh, you have chronic fatigue your autoimmune system's not working. You're just shutting down. You just have to learn to live with it. Well, it got to the point where I got so bad, I couldn't walk up and down stairs. I had to quit my job and I still kept getting worse. And my sister found this doctor who dealt with people who had been poisoned. So I actually went to stay with my sister in a different state and working with this doctor I was still getting worse. We were trying to figure out what had poisoned me. And we'd sit and talk about different things I may have been exposed to. And it was just after Thanksgiving where I told him, I'm, I'm getting so much worse. I couldn't even go to the bathroom on my own. I needed help to walk just a few feet to the toilet. It was really bad. So I said, I feel like I won't live till Christmas if we don't find it. And that very week, We found it. I had a retainer cemented in the back of my teeth. I should have had it. It was supposed to be temporary. And I should have gone to a, uh, when we, when we moved to California, I should have found a new orthodontist and I didn't. So this cemented retainer was not meant to stay there, but it was leaching nickel into my body and poisoning me. Nickel poisoning is not a nice thing to be poisoned by. So That very same day, it was removed. I went back to the office, had chelation. Within a few days, I was walking better. But it didn't really bring me back to full functionality. I did chelation until my veins were just wiped out. But that still didn't get me back into functionality. So I went back home and I started to research (laughs) ways people healed when the Western medicine didn't expect them to heal. When when doctors had given up on or told people to, you know, that they were dying, people turn around. And this was very fascinating, fascinating to me, because to me, there's an exception to the rules. If if the turnaround is repeatable and I can find a way to do what they did and turn me around then I found something important. So that intrigued me, took me a while. I, I was very fortunate that uh, I was referred to a homeopath who was absolutely a genius at what he did. And he's the one who really got me back into a place of health. And that is a long journey, which is his own separate story. But yeah, I had to change a lot of things to heal.
1: In your path to arriving to that healing space similar to what I feel like I had gone through and you and I bonded over that our background is in technology. We, we spent a lot of years in that space. Yes. And there were lessons to be learned about recognizing who we are, not only within our body, but what that means in terms of the energy that we carry. So we've talked about feminine energy. Maybe you could share a little bit about that in relationship to women in certain environments.
0: Well, definitely the feminine energy was probably one of the last things that I really healed within myself, but I had to go deep to do it. The thing is that most corporate structures are designed to support men because it's traditionally been a masculine environment. Women so often suppress their feminine to fit into the masculine structures so that they can have a job, have a career, put food on the table, support their families. And they don't realize it. But as they shut down these feminine qualities of their body, of their emotions, of who they are, they're shutting off part of what makes them healthy. Uh, a lot of times you'll see very driven career women that don't think about having babies till later in life, and then they the fertility doesn't work. And it's not necessarily, especially if they're struggling with it, there's emotional things. There's mental things about shutting off the feminine to fit into the masculine world. So it, it can be really deep, and there's a lot of healing to happen, and it's also emotional And it's also mental and it's also how, how we deal with life. I mean, COVID came along and it made a big change for so many people. We were taken out of the office situation and people were at home with their families, with their kids. They could go walk the dog during their lunch. They could see what their kids were doing for homework. And the thing is it allowed the structure to be a little bit looser and I think for women, that's, that was a gift. And for men too, because it allowed us to each, you know, and, you know, not that there's one way to be for masculine and one way to be for feminine. I'm not saying that at all. We're all a combination of both. And some of us have more of one than the other. And, you know, your balance is your balance, but women do tend to shut down to fit into an wherever they need to fit in life. So like women are driven by cycles, not by daily schedules. And just the menstrual cycle, if women can honor that. And sometimes they need a day or two a month where they can wrap up in a blanket and drink a cup of tea and just rest for an hour in the middle of the day. And working at home enabled women to do that if they needed to. So it was a great thing.
1: Absolutely, and just, recognizing when to nurture yourself and self-care is becoming something a little more even talked about in mainstream in terms of how we can honor ourselves might more mindfully
0: yes yes definitely the thing is your body is yes it's physical and it's biological but it's also mental it's also emotional it's also consciousness it's also energy It's also spiritual and vibrational. And all of these things are involved in both health, healing, and illness. So when we recognize that we're so much more than just caring for this biological thing, we need to take care of the whole being. It changes the game.
1: I couldn't agree more, especially when he said the whole being holistic approach even with my challenges of having a child, because I am one of those women who waited, not necessarily consciously. It was because I didn't meet my soulmate until I was much older. And then by the time we started to have children, tried to have children, we struggled. And that there was very little space to heal and return to work, heal and return to work. It it was a cycle and these cycles need to be honored. They do. Oh, one of the things that has fascinated me with our conversations is that you've taken this information, all this knowledge you've gained, not only from your self-healing for yourself, but now into a practice. Maybe you could share a little bit about how you've created a practice around this.
0: So I have been doing alternative healing work since 2003, where I've helped others find ways to heal. And heal beyond expectations frequently. And that, that part is the most fun because Western medicine doesn't have all the solutions. And I don't discount it. I know it's valuable. I believe it's needed. And I believe that the best situation is working with a doctor, working with medical people and just expanding it to be more holistic. What I do is very specialized, and it's, it's a very different approach, and the different approaches to healing, the broader perspective of having an intuitive, I call myself a medical intuitive, that can see into levels of your energy, levels of your emotional body, levels of your consciousness, and even your soul, is it really necessary for healing and to really deeply make changes those levels need to be addressed because frequently people come in and they have something that doesn't heal with western medicine or they've tried everything else and then they come to me and it could be simple but just because they haven't tried something like this they didn't know it was simple to heal and then also we have stuff we just stuck in our body We stuff emotions and trauma and stress into our body that stays there unless we release it. And this becomes a toxin in our body if we don't deal with it. So all these things are are important. And those are the types of things I work with. I've had people have amazing things just going in and dealing with past lives because, and I didn't, when I started this, I'm like, what past lives? That doesn't even make sense, but it's so amazing. For healing and it has a huge impact and even just our our biological lineage has such an impact on the patterns that we keep repeating that keep us stuck and keep us from moving forward so it's amazing
1: it is amazing and you've all had life experience and not just with the healing you've gone through with the poisoning that you had described but also yes. you mentioned um to me in conversations in the past, that it was, weren't you in a coma for a period?
0: Bacterial meningitis. I waited like you too late in life to have my son. And just because my husband didn't want children sooner and you know, I was kind of stuck waiting. And so he was, my son was 17 months old. I got bacterial meningitis. They caught it very, very late. I was. I went into the hospital, I was in a coma, my hands and feet turned black, which is part of meningitis because frequently you lose parts of your limbs. And my family was called to California, expecting to come take me off of life support and have a funeral. And at the very last moment, I woke up. No one thought I would, no one thought I would. But what they didn't know is I went on my own inner journey where I had a choice to stay or to go. And I chose to stay because I wanted to raise my son. And I woke up with inner knowing that I would completely heal. And an inner knowing that I would help other people heal because i have been studying all this healing work to recover from the metal poisoning. I learned so much, but there was still so much more to learn. So I, uh, when the doctors came to tell me that I had extreme damage to my nervous system and other areas of my body, I wasn't so bothered by it because I knew that wasn't my truth. It's where I was. They weren't wrong, but I knew it wasn't my future because I'd been given an inner knowing from the coma experience where I went on this coma. Because there is more than just your physical body. There's much, much more.
1: There is much, much more. I am so fascinated with the connections you've made in terms of understanding your intuition, where that information is coming from, the emotional intelligence that you've developed, as well as then connecting that to your mind and your body, and then to your heart I'd love for you to share a little bit about this concept that you and I discussed called heart math.
0: So I found out about heart math when I was already a medical intuitive using my intuitive abilities to help people heal. And when you're helping people heal with them, you, you really learn to rely on and trust that inner intuition. But I would hear people talk about, Oh, I'm just going to tune into my heart. And I'm like, what? How do you tune into your heart that didn't make sense so I I started learning about this Institute of heart math where they had researched ways to work with the heart to bring the heart into a state of coherence and this is where you touch the magic of your heart and soul it's really amazing uh, so they have this is like a think tank of people with all different backgrounds and a lot of really amazing backgrounds in meditation, like transcendental meditation. And they came together and how to find ways, how can we take people into their heart? I think that was the question that they solved because that is what they solved. And what they do is they teach a process that takes you into coherence. And if you think of coherence, The symphony is a great example because when you listen to them, when they're trying to tune up, that's incoherence. And then when they're playing this beautiful melody together and every person is playing their part and adding their beautiful note that works with all the other notes, that's coherence. And that's what we need to have with our body, heart, mind, consciousness, and Mental focus. When we can go into that state, we reach a coherence that makes a visceral change in our body. And our heart is incredibly powerful. It literally has an electromagnetic field that is 5,000 times larger than the one of our brain. Our heart has intelligence, it's multi dimensional, and it's intuitive, and it's amazing. <laughs>
1: That, that sounds so amazing. And we've had this conversation about women who are often disconnected from their heart, having been in a more, I would say, cerebral environment over the course of being in yes. for many years. And how does that affect one's ability to be more mindful of their emotions?
0: Well, let's talk about this. I was one of those women. I... I dove into engineering and science because it felt safe because I was abused as a kid and feeling your feelings is not comfortable if you're abused. And that's probably why my heart was shut down and I didn't know it or know how to even get to it. So heart math changed that for me. It opened up my heart and it gave me the richness, the feeling, the intuitive heart wisdom the heart connects with the soul in the way that the mind and consciousness does not. It's all connected, but the heart is so powerful. The heart is is the first place of interconnection with, with people, with the environment, with all of life. So if you ever walk into a place and you just feel like, oh, that's creepy to be here, or you walk into a place and you're like, oh, this feels really good. That's your heart. It's telling you that, but not everyone knows what it is. But there are ways to do practices with your heart so that you can literally shift out of stress into higher states of health and well being where you become coherent, where your body, mind, consciousness, and your focus are all working together in a state of harmony and coherence.
1: Well, it's almost a holidays, I think, around that. Yes. Time. Particularly, there's a level of stress that all of us sort of feel among one another. Yes. And yes. I think it would be great if you could maybe share some techniques on how we can manage that kind of stress. So, so
0: I would love to do that. And thank you for giving me the chance to do this. I'm excited about this. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to think about something we absolute someone something a pet or some circumstance we we feel like is one of the best highest happiest moments of our life where we experienced just the biggest burst of love it could be the moment you first tell your child the moment where you found your true love something like that something big so this is a simple technique right yeah simple But have a big love to go to when you do this. Big love, big gratitude. Maybe you're super grateful for something. Go to whatever that place of great gratitude, appreciation, or love is in your life. But love is super powerful. I always say love is your superpower. So go to that place where you're really focusing on that. And as you're focusing on that, I'm going to ask you to be aware of your heart breathing. And I'm just going to give you a little image with my hands. If my hands are your heart, on your in-breath, see your heart expand with this love. And on the out-breath, it just releases everything you no longer need. On the in-breath, it just expands with love. And if you can give light to that image, imagine that you're breathing in this focus of this beautiful, bright, brilliant moment of love, gratitude, or appreciation, and it's filled with brilliant light. So that brilliant light is filling your heart on the in-breath, releasing on the out-breath, filling your heart on the in-breath, releasing on your out-breath. So that's the basic idea. We're gonna add one more little thing. We're going to try to make it even on the in-breath and even on the out-breath. So if you just use one hand to count, just breathe in and count, and however many fingers you get is perfect. Try to breathe out with the same number of fingers. Just allowing your out breath to flow out, same number of fingers. Okay, breathe in. Breathe out. There we go. I cheated, I counted. Okay, so let's try to do three even breaths in a row now that we know what our count is. So I'm just going to hold one finger up for the count. I want you to use, and I will use my other hand for counting, so breathe in. And out. Breathe in. And out. Focus on your big love. Breathe in. And breathe out. And then just take a moment and notice how your body feels. Notice how your emotions feel. Do you feel calm, peaceful, centered? Shilpa, share your experience, please, if you would.
1: Absolutely. Um, For me, my big love was my son. In my heart, imagining him in my heart. And the breath work helped me feel calm and more present. And also helped that monkey mind sort of shut it down for a moment because you're bringing your consciousness over here. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> With love.
1: With love.
0: Or gratitude or appreciation. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go, do you want to take this technique deeper? Absolutely. Okay, so let's imagine you're going to a holiday dinner with a relative or family friend that's very irritating to you. Now, if you can't find anything to appreciate, I'm going to invite you first, try to find something that you can appreciate about them. Something good or kind they've done, some quality about them that you like. There's no one that's all bad. No one's all good. No one's all bad. Is there anything you can appreciate or be grateful about them? If not, think of the moment of gratitude or happiness that you would like to create at this event. So I want you to think of the person who's irritating and the happiness, that love, joy, appreciation, and gratitude you want to create. And then go into that place of optimal outcome and just acknowledge this person in your mind's eye or in your heart center even better and just send gratitude to them that they're participating in your holiday with you and appreciation for a better outcome And then just send qualities of love and gratitude, appreciation and joy. Because we are here to bring the joy to the holiday. That's not someone else's job. It's your own heart. So just dig deep into the heart. And just think of a joyful holiday wish that you have. And radiate that out to everyone who will be there. And especially to the person you find the most irritating. And just... Again, breathe into your heart. Visualize that 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 light, love, joy, gratitude, and appreciation going out to this holiday celebration, and then just see that going from your heart to theirs, and visualize each person. And if it's a big gathering, just send a big goose, uh, big uh, heart intention, heart burst of love, heart burst. Of joy, heartburst of goodwill for everyone there. And just send that intention. Now, if you do that, from the time you hear this until your holiday event, it will go better. It will definitely go better because you're creating that joy within your heart. If you walk in with a heart that's filled with these good qualities, you are going to. Bring more of that through your words and everything you say, everything you do will at least start better. And then if you have a difficult moment, run in the bathroom and do a quick reset with this breath and intention. That's That's my holiday tip.
1: (laughs) And that energy that comes from the heart is the same vibration you and I talk about, that energy that we are, that
0: soul that's-, that's the truth of who we are on the soul level our soul yeah. is happy and loving and joyful we just shut that off we don't need to shut it off but we do so let's tap into that because that's that place of coherence with those qualities is truly when we're our best self and the other point- also sorry go ahead
1: yeah you also mentioned though that when this energy shift occurs from the heart through the techniques yes. you just shared, the simple heart technique it also affects other actions we take such as speech and you and i've had a conversation yes. about how speech has its own energy one of my favorite quotes is um words are a wall or a window and they can affect vibrationally those around you. So perhaps you can share a little bit about that tip you've shared with me. On, I would love to.
0: This is actually a tip about word awareness. And it's really important if you're feeling irritated or angry or overwhelmed to be consciously aware of your words, because every word you speak has a, it has a five spiral. That is a creative spiral, meaning Every word that goes out of your mouth continues out into the universe. Your heart is also a five spiral. So getting your heart and your words lined up is really important. Um, so how this works is if you're speaking words of gratitude, love, appreciation, joy, inspiration, and encouragement, it's an upward spiral. And not you should in encouragement is just... Inspiration that is not controlling, but upward spiral. So every word you say that's positive, I really appreciate seeing you today. I noticed your smile. It's so, so great to appreciate someone. Say something kind that is true for you. When you see someone, you're starting to upward spiral. When you're irritated, like if your kid just, ran across your clean floor with dirty boots on from being in the mud and you're like you know you had a really tough day and that's like your last straw you might say you you know something you regret stop it you might call them a name or if it's your husband you might say you jerk you're not listening to me or something you don't want to say unkind people unkind things to the people you love so it's important to be aware of your state and change that if you just yelled at somebody catch it right away because every single word has momentum if you have one positive word that's one that's momentum point one if you have 10 that moves you up a little bit more and if you can say 20 positive things you probably shifted the mood so if you go into the negative the more negative comments you make the more things escalate into the negative because you're creating a negative spiral, which I call a downward spiral. So you want to be aware of which direction your words are going because they are adding momentum. So in an argument, people get nasty and say things they don't mean because they're creating negative momentum. They'd be so much better off to stop. I know when I was a single mom and my son would do something that really upset me and I was tired and drained energetically and not able to deal with him the way I wanted to a a few times it didn't happen often but a few times I would just say I cannot deal with you right now mom is going to take a time out and when I'm calmer I will tell you how we're going to deal with this we'll talk about how we're going to deal with this So I'd go to the room and shut my door and just stay in my room, in my bedroom, until I had reached a state of calm and didn't want to ground him for multiple years. (laughs) But it's we are not our best self when we're in these places of negative emotion. It's important that we recognize that and learn to control ourselves the only person we truly have control over is us so if we don't like the situation we change it by changing us
1: yes absolutely and what's interesting about that is that vibrationally the words have its own entity like it's its own energy however your physical being when you remove it from that space you're also making a, a shift in the energy allowing you to sort of reset
0: yes and we can literally choose to speak garbage and dump it on people or we can literally choose to speak something of hope upliftment and encouragement absolutely so what choice do we want to make especially for the people we love oh my goodness yes we need to be aware
1: there are many times when As angelic as my son is, I sometimes lose it. And I also found aside from using those uplifting words, it's also very beneficial to arrive authentically and say, Mommy could have done that better. Mommy could have done that better.
0: Yes. And if, if something nasty comes out of your mouth, catch it as soon as possible and go back to that place. Oh, I'm sorry. I could have done that better. Absolutely. Let's let's see how we can fix this. It's a <laughs> because it's not just about us, it's about our impact on others.
1: Absolutely. And you had also mentioned the, the looking at things with a different lens as a technique. Maybe you could elaborate on that one.
0: Yes, thank you for that. I'm this is important because especially when you talk about the holidays. Everyone has different expectations. And when we have expectations that aren't met, we get grouchy. And there's a couple things to realize. One, we are in charge of one person, that's ourself. We are here to care for our children, not control them, but to love and guide them. That's very different than control. The other thing is, Dumping nasty words on someone never makes anything better. So being being able to look at it from a different perspective, honor that everyone has a different background, different trauma, different belief systems. They were raised at a different time and a different place and different circumstances that shaped who they are, how they see things, what they expect, what they expect of themselves and others. And you have that also. So that's just human reality. So when when you're in a situation where you're irritated by somebody, you have to step back and say, oh, they always do, they always reply this way and that really irritates me. So step out and say, let me take myself out of that room and out of that situation and say, Is what they're doing or saying something that would upset me from someone else? Or do I do that myself? Good one to check. And then say, if it's really upsetting me, let me just take a bigger look and step back from this whole holiday thing. If this is one day a year and I can go in and be my best self, even if someone's being stinky, is what they're doing really important in the whole big picture of my life span or of this year? Yeah. I mean, really, it's one day. Can't I just go in there and be a positive person, no matter what other people are doing?
1: It's like about shifting that perspective. That yeah.
0: So in in the picture of the year, is is their little irritation that big of a thing? And if it's honestly not, maybe you should say something in a kind way maybe you have a pre-talk with them before the holiday maybe if it's one of your relatives you call up and say you know what i i would really like to talk to you about something that i want to you know have an honest exchange about are you open to that and don't dump on somebody if they're not open to hearing it maybe they're not open to hearing it or maybe you know they're doing something that irritates you. And there's a very serious reason why they're doing it. And you're just unaware. Maybe they require special food and you don't know that they're on a, they have a death, you know, like a anaphylactic shock death allergy if they eat something and you're just grouchy about that and don't know. So you don't know what you don't know. Maybe you need to have a conversation. Yes. Maybe, you know, there's different ways to approach it, but back out of it first and seeing if you're just being reactive. yes. And if it's something you can let it go,
1: let it go. And that's something that I think a lot of us, I can speak for myself, that you learn over the course of your life that there are different perspectives and learning to look at things in a different way and having that awareness really can help you feel like you're more grounded in who you are in relationship to others
0: right right absolutely and also seeking a bigger understanding of someone maybe they don't understand something that is really important to you is important to you and maybe you don't understand what's important to them and maybe if you have that conversation open up to a new understanding it could change the dynamics of the relationship so step away is it just my stuff Am I being hypersensitive? Do I need to have a conversation? Do I need to understand more? And understanding and respect are woven together. So never have a conversation where you can't go into it with the goal of understanding and treating that person with respect because they deserve it just as much as you do. Even, you know, we all have our own wounds. And yeah. when we don't understand the other person's wounds, it, it's not helpful.
1: And that really ties back to compassionate awareness. I really feel like much of the overall points that you've shared, it allows us to create a awareness on how we are approaching our heart, our speech, and engagement with others.
0: Yes. It's really, really important. And once those garbage words come out of your mouth, they're out there. You can't take them back. Be conscious about what you're doing.
1: Now, this all ties in with your book that you are working on Awareness Superconsciousness Diet or Awaken? It,
0: it's Awaken Superconsciousness.
1: Yes. So that's being aware of the spiral creative
0: energy of your words is one of the things i talk about in this book and it's so important that we are conscious about what we are putting out in the world what we create in our life by what we do what we say how we interact with others we need to be conscious we never know when our last day is is going to be that very day when i Came down with bacterial meningitis. I knew I was sick. I never thought I might die. When I woke up and found out that I had been in a coma, I was like, what? I almost died? I was not ready to almost die. I was not ready to die. We don't know. Live consciously. Make this moment and this day matter. Because it may be your last. You may leave things in a way that you would not want to leave things. If you were really conscious, always live doing what matters most.
1: And constantly awakening yourself on mind, body, spirit is something that if it comes through not only in engaging with you, but also in your new podcast and in your book, you go into that.
0: Yes, I think that. So many people, I mean, we're going through a huge evolutionary change in, the, in humanity right now. We're going into a more loving consciousness. Love is the consciousness that will shift humanity. We are moving into a state of unified human consciousness where humanity will just be aware of each other through our states of consciousness. And the more we raise our love quotient, our appreciation and respect for each other in life, the closer we come to that place. So part of my job is to help people do that, to get people who who are stuck in their muck, and we all have muck, I have muck, there's no doubt. So it's about how do we develop an inner awareness, an inner heart, mind, soul, and expansive consciousness awareness to realize that we are here to create our reality. And we create our reality by our thoughts, our feelings, our words, our actions, and our intentions. So it's, this is where our consciousness comes in. When we can go into higher states of consciousness that we reach through the coherence focus, we change our world.
1: You can change
0: the course of your life. Absolutely. But it takes intention. And if you can just start your day with five minutes of sending that heartfelt intention of love, joy, gratitude, and appreciation into your day, into the people you'll meet, that helps set your energy for the day. So there's so many practices of consciousness that you can do. It really makes a difference on how you experience life.
1: It really does. My goodness, you've shared so many lovely tips that are so impactful. Um, Anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Um,
0: I would say people feel like they don't make a difference sometimes. But everyone makes a difference. Every word you say makes a difference. Everything you do make makes a difference. Even if you're doing something simple, like going through the line in the grocery store, it's a chance to plant kindness and to uplift others. Just speaking with appreciation. Thank you for doing that. How are you today? I hope you're doing well. Goodwill towards others. We can make a difference.
1: And you've made a difference, Sally. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description. And please subscribe, follow, and share. And continue to practice Omni Mindfulness.